in mind. Well, this morning we're in week number two of our series simply called Truth in a World of Gray. Truth in a World of Gray. And I thought it would be a little, a little fun this morning to begin by playing a quick game of movie trivia. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I, I know that we have some movie lovers that are in our, our audience this morning. And so I want to see how good you guys are. So I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond out loud this morning with what you believe is the answer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reference or cite a famous line from a movie, and you guys are going to tell me what movie that line is from. Okay? For example, here's the first one. There's no place like home. You guys are one for one. Here's the next one. To infinity and beyond. Two for two. Houston, we have a problem. Three for three. Good job. I like this. This is my favorite one. There's no crying in baseball. Good job. A league of their own. How about this one? And by the way, those last three all had, the, all had Tom Hanks. and That's just a coincidence. But anyway... Uh, how about this one? Just keep swimming. Which one? Okay, Finding Nemo. You guys are good. That's five for five. I got two more. Here's one. You complete me. Jerry Maguire. That one's a little tough. Here's the last one. You can't handle the truth. A few good men. That's right. Good job. Give yourselves a round of applause. Good job. We're celebrating our knowledge of movies this morning. Great job. I want to take that last line, uh, uh, you can't handle the truth this morning, and I want to use that as a springboard to what I want to be talking about today because I believe that not being able to handle the truth is a mindset that is very prevalent in our culture today. People can't handle the truth. Many times people reject the truth. They ignore the truth, they run from the truth, or they attack the truth because the truth can be offensive, they don't like what they hear, and so especially if it doesn't line up with their belief system, they're going to say, no, that's not right, they're going to oppose it, they don't like it, and they can't handle the truth. And as a result of this, everything today has become about trying not to hurt people's feelings. Have you noticed that? You've got to be careful what you say because... You know, that's not politically correct. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And it's because people can't handle the truth. People don't like the truth. Today, things have become about doing what, saying and doing what is politically correct. It's become about tolerance and acceptance. You've got to accept everyone. You've got to accept everything. The world we live in today has become about compromise because after all, everyone is entitled to their interpretation of the truth. And if you say something that opposes someone's view or belief of what they believe is true, then you get labeled as a bigot or a chauvinist or a sexist or a racist or a homophobe by speaking the truth. We get labeled. Now, we're, we have become the bad guys simply because we speak the truth. Everyone in our culture today seems to have their own view of truth and they don't want anyone else to interfere with what they believe. We talked about this last week. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to go online and watch that. We, do, we answered the question that Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? I, I don't even believe in truth. 
And we talked about relative truth versus absolute truth. Absolute truth means that truth is truth no matter what. It does not change. It is not dependent upon people. It's not dependent upon times. It's not dependent upon circumstances. It doesn't change with culture. Absolute truth is truth regardless. It's true no matter what. And very few people, including a lot of professing Christians, believe in They have a hard time believing that, that there's an absolute truth. That's why we have different denominations and different churches and diff- different people. Like, well, well, you know, this pastor over here, he's preaching this. And I know the Bible says this, but, but that's not really the way I feel. And that may have been true a hundred years ago, but that's no longer true today. They believe in relative truth. That, that truth is not absolute. That truth is relative to people, places, or circumstances, or culture. And so we talked about that last week. And so today, there's a, there's a lot of people who have their own view of truth and they don't want anyone else to interfere with their belief system. And this creates a huge problem. Because one of the main points last week that we learned is that God is the source and the standard for truth. No matter what we think, no matter what we think is true or what we think is not true, we don't have the right or the authority to determine for ourselves what is true and what's not true. We don't have the right for ourselves to determine what's sin and what's not sin. We don't have the right and the authority within ourselves to determine what, what, is, what is good, what is bad, what is just, what is unjust, what is fair, what is not fair. We don't have the authority to do that. Only God. He is the Creator. He gets to say so. You guys are quiet this morning. He, he's the Creator of the universe. He cre- He's the reason you and I exist this morning. So who are we as the creation to tell the Creator what is true and what's not true? He has the authority and the right to declare what is true and what is not true. What is right, what is wrong. So God is the source and the standard for truth. You know, I was thinking about that this week that it's very similar to to love. That, that God is the source and standard for love as well. Did you know that? He is. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Uh, let me, you can put it on the screen, but let me tell you the way I learned this. Okay, I'm going I'm to sing it to you. I learned this in children's church way, way back when we used to uh, ride horses to school and things like that and carry our lunch, lunchbox and walk, actually. Um, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Or he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Y'all, does that ring a bell with anybody? A few of you are like, I'm not admitting my age this morning. But so, so let's read it. Put it back on the screen. They didn't get that. Let's, let's, let's read it. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another For love comes from God. Where does love come from? Where? God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Because, But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God not only is the source and the standard for truth. God is the source and standard for love. God is love. Now we have misrepresented love. A lot of people say that they're in love today, which they really have no clue what love truly means. We have mistreated love. We have abused love. But no matter what our view of love is, it does not change the fact that God is the source and the standard for love. 
God is love. It's not just His character, it's who He is. It's not just His nature. He is love. And we can't change that. No matter how we try to love someone else and tell them, I love you, well, this is what love is, we can't change what love really is. For God is love. God is love. And He demonstrated His love for us through Jesus Christ. In the same manner, God is truth. And He demonstrated His truth to us through Jesus Christ. This is one of the things that we talked about last week, that God reveals His truth to us by His Son, Jesus. By His Scripture, the Word, and by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Look at John chapter 18, verse 37. This is one of the things that we read last week. Jesus said, I was born and came into this world to do what? To testify to the truth. In other words, to show everyone what the truth looks like. And when you read the Word of God and you read the stories of Jesus, and and when you see Jesus in Scripture, you're seeing truth. You're seeing the truth about giving. You're seeing the truth about loving. You're seeing the truth about obedience and about serving and about how to handle certain situations through the principles that He shares. You're seeing truth. Jesus came to testify to the truth, to show us what is right and what is wrong. To show us what is sin and what is, what is righteousness. To show us what to believe in. Because one day everyone is going to give an account for how they live their life. Jesus said this, John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the truth. Notice that word, the, or the, in all three of these um, identities. He's not saying, I am a truth. You know, there are many truths, and I'm one of them. That's not what he says. Jesus said, I am the truth. Meaning there's, there's only one truth. I am the way. I am, I am the life. And, and boy, this is really hitting me this week as I was just thinking about that. And I, I shared a little bit of, that, or a little bit of this uh, this morning, just before I spoke, that, that he's, he's not a way to go. He's, he's the way. If you want to experience God's good, if you want to make it to the other side of eternity and spend eternity with God, there's not a way to follow. There's only one way. It's the way. Jesus Christ, that's the only way to get to God. And then he says, I, I'm the life. Everyone's looking for, for a life to them. Man, I, I want everything that, that life has to offer. I, I want all these blessings. I want all this good. There's only one way to get that. Through Jesus Christ, the life. And he says, I am the truth, that the truth, not a truth, not, not a form of truth, not, not, a, not a certain concept, not a certain philosophy, not a certain idea. I am the truth. It's very, very important. Jesus is saying here that not only did I demonstrate, come to demonstrate truth, but I am the truth because I am God. Well, pastor, anyone can make that claim. You're right, anyone can make that claim. But not just anyone is willing to be executed for making that claim. Kind of changes the game, doesn't it? I can make that claim as long as no one threatens to kill me. And even if someone does go through with being executed for making that claim, not just anyone has the power to rise from the dead to support the claim that they made that they were God. But yet Jesus did. So not only did he make that claim and being, subject himself to being executed, but he was executed and rose from the dead because he has the power to make that claim because he is God. 
This seems simple, but it's, it's so true. And it's so foundational. Never forget that. The Creator, the One who created all this, He has the final authority. He has the right to declare what is true. He has the right to declare what is right and what is wrong. He has the final authority. He's the source and the standard for truth. And it's His truth. It's the truth that all of us are going to give an account for one day. I told you last week, when we stand before God and, and we face judgment, we're not going to be able to say, well, God, that's, that's not what I believed about this or about that. He, you know, I, I'm not sure if He's going to be sarcastic like I would be if I was God in that situation. But I can kind of guess him saying, I, I really don't care what you thought was right or wrong. That's not what I'm grading you on. That's not what you're being judged by. Because everyone is entitled to an opinion. But you're going to be judged and give an account and bow down to His Lordship and His truth because He is the one that gets to set the standards. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 11. Many of you know this, but I really want to drive this point home today. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee. Even those who don't believe in God. <laughs> every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. They're going to acknowledge God. Every knee is going to bow down before the Lord. I never will forget that when I used to travel a lot, for, I used to have a secular job doing, well, doing all kinds of things, but I was in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, of all places. I, I, I can't even tell you where that is, but it's somewhere uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, but anyway, I was there and I was passing, is driving past this, this uh, anyway, anyway, I was driving past a place and there was a sign out there and, and someone had stuck this sign up in front of this joint and it said, you can, you can face Jesus or accept Jesus as your Savior today or face Him as your judge later. In other words, whether you had bowed down to Him or not today, one day you're going to bow down to Him. And while there is still breath in your lungs, while there's still time for you on this earth, you need to accept Him as Lord and Savior of your life because one day you're going to bow down to Him and admit you are Lord. And that word Lord means He's the Master. He gets to have the final say. He gets to set the standards. Many people are not willing to admit today that Jesus is the source of truth. They're not willing to admit that, that no matter what, His Word never changes. Many today are not willing to admit that Jesus has the final say in what's right and wrong and just and unjust and sin and not sin. But one day, they will. One day, every knee is going to bow. Just Man, I hope that hits you this morning. For those of you that are skeptical, for those of you that, that may be thinking, well, I don't believe in God, I'm just here to tell you, one day you will. One day you're going to bow down and say, you are Lord. And at that point, it's going to be too late. So you have the, the opportunity today to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, I, I want to go back to the beginning where we were um, citing some of the movie lines and trying to pick what, what movies those were from. And, and I want to look at this, this, this phrase uh, that Jack Nicholson uh, made, this, made this phrase. He said, you can't handle the truth. And, and I want to I take that statement and, and turn it into a question today and, and propose it to you. And the question is this, can you handle the truth? 
Can you handle the truth? And I know some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I can handle the truth. Others may be, no, I can't handle the truth. And others even may be, well, it, it depends on what the truth is. See, we, we, like, we love the truth as long as it enlightens us and agrees with what our feelings are and our point of view is. But man, when it's in opposition to that, we, we don't like it. You can't tell me that. Well, I don't have to listen to you. I just go, I'll just go find somebody who will affirm my feelings. I don't like the truth. My question today is, can you handle the truth? What do you, what do, you do with truth? When you hear the truth. Well, most people don't even recognize the truth. Because as I said a while ago, most people, they don't believe in absolute truth. And so when they hear something that's actually the truth, they, they just ignore it and blow it off because no, that's not true. It's not true to them. Do you ignore it? Do you reject it? Are you offended by it? This is something, and I don't know if we're going to go this route in this series or not, but uh, guys, we need to learn to, to, to be open to the truth. And I'm just talking about, yeah, and all truth is derived from, from God, but I'm not just talking about what the Bible says. I'm talking about being open and honest with one another. With, with men, being godly men, and being able to, to call out other men and letting them, man, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. You're ruining your career. What, what are you doing? Let me, let me tell you what I see. This is what I see when I look. You come to me, you want to know my opinion. Let, let me tell you what I see. See, a lot of times we're, we're afraid to say that because we're afraid of ruining friendships. And so we back away from the truth. And we just let Joe Bob do his own thing. We don't stand up for truth, do we? Because we're afraid people are going to get offended. This is, this is the world that we live in. But what do you do with it? Are you offended by it? This is why we have so many different views of truth today. Because people are offended by this truth, so they'll go over here and formulate their own truth. Because I, I, can, I, can, I feel a lot more comfortable with this truth. This, this one doesn't hurt my feelings. This one feels good. That, I don't like that over there. He's, that guy's crazy. Or he, she's crazy. They're, just, they're out of touch with times. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I, I want to come over here. I like, I like these people because they affirm my decisions. I like these people because, you know, they, they, they tell me I look good or they tell me that I'm a good singer when in reality you're not. And, or they tell me that, that this is good or this is, this is what they would do. And it, no, no, no. You're running with the wrong people. This is why today we have so many different ideas about what's right and what's wrong. This is why so many people do not believe the, in, in absolute truth because it's offensive. And it's funny because a lot of times we'll say, well, Jesus would never do that. You know, Jesus had a reputation for offending people. Did you know that? <laughs> That's why he was crucified, for goodness sake. He upset a lot of people. And let me show you this verse, and I have never preached from this verse, because I've always been like, man, I don't, I don't understand that. That's, that's confusing. Let me show you this passage. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. This is harsh. And these are, this is the words of Jesus. He says this, he says, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Which, that's not that difficult to do. <laughs> Verse 36, watch this. He says, your enemies are going to be right in your own household. This is the words of Jesus. 
That doesn't sound very nice. What? Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. I come to bring a sword. And he's not talking about a, a literal sword, but he's talking about he's come to bring division among people. Why in the world would he do that? That doesn't sound very nice. But what Jesus was saying here was that, that his way was not going to be the popular way. The things he had to say was not going to be very popular. Jesus was saying that, that even those who would follow him would offend a lot of people because of what they stood for. L listen, can I tell you this? Jesus didn't come to make everybody happy. He didn't come to affirm everyone's choices. Bless your heart. Yeah, that, that's okay. You just keep going. That's, yeah, whatever feels good, just do it. He didn't come to affirm our choices. He came to expose evil. He came to speak up for the oppressed. He came to make room for those that the religious elite wanted to exclude from their circles. You remember time and time again in the Gospels, you, you can see the, the religious crowd saying, why is Jesus over there with that sinner? Why is Jesus over there with that, with that tax collector? Does, does he not know their lifestyle? Jesus came to overthrow the money changers. He came to throw a wrinkle in people's lifestyles. Because He came full of grace and full of truth. It's very important. In fact, these are the actions, as I said well ago, that led to His execution. People didn't like His message. You don't believe me? You just go read the Gospels. It was offensive. Why was it offensive? Because it demanded change. It demanded repentance. And people don't like that. Who are you to tell me that my way is wrong? <laughs> well, I am Jesus. I am God. He just said He's the Son of God. We need to execute this man. They didn't like His message. But you know, whether we like His message or don't like His message, the only way to be saved is to conform to the truth. It's the only way. To repent of the way that we've been living. To stop determining for ourselves what we believe is right and wrong and make Jesus the Lord of our life. Make Him the Master. Submit to His Lordship. Once again, God is the source and the standard for truth. And it's His truth. Everybody say His truth. That all of us are going to be judged by one day. So whatever our views are regarding truth, Whatever idea of truth, whatever our idea of truth is, it won't matter on Judgment Day. That's why we must start now conforming to what He says is true. Well, Pastor, that's difficult. Because when I read the Bible, there, there are a lot of things in there that I'm not sure that I believe. There are a lot of things that are in there that I have a hard time submitting to. There's a, there's a lot of things that are in there that are contrary dicting to what I believe is true, what I believe is right and wrong. Well, I've already said that God is the source and the standard for truth. He is the one that has the final authority. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you that, that conforming to this is very difficult. Very difficult. Because it opposes our, our selfish nature. We want what we want. We, we want to live life the way we want to live life. We want to make everything about us and about our feelings and about our happiness and about our joy. And if it feels good, then it must be right type of 
mindset. And it's hard, but, but we have to conform to the truth. Well, Scott, that's hard. Let, let, let me give you a little example or illustration. About, I've done lost track now. It's probably five or six years ago. Um, let me rewind even further than that. Several years ago, I used to hate drinking water. I hated water. Not so much when I was hot and thirsty for, you know, from being out working or sweating, but to drink water with a meal was just nasty. It was bland. It ruined a good steak. And can anyone relate? I mean, it's just, I don't want to drink water. This is disgusting. I mean, just pay, you know, good money for a steak and baked potato and salad. And I, and I, and I take that by, oh, it's so good. And then I, I drink that water. It's like, oh, gosh. I want to, give me, give me some sweet tea. Give me, a, give me some Dr. Pepper. Out of a glass bottle, right, honey? Yeah, give me... Give me, give me the good stuff, as Kenny Chesney would say. That's what I wanted. I hated drinking water. It was bland. But about six years ago, I had to make some lifestyle changes because I, I, was, I was having some physical problems. And, and long story short, went through several doctors, ended up in a, in a neurologist clinic down in Conway. And uh, he started asking me what I thought were dumb questions. One of them was, how often do you exercise? I mean, like, you got a body like this, you don't need to exercise. <laughs> that was my first thought. Uh, no, really, that's what I thought. And, uh, and then he started asking me, he says, how much water do you drink a day? And I'm like, dude, I'm having like, I'm having like pains in my jaws and I'm having this. I, what does this have to do with water? And then he began to tell me, he said, you know, and I forgot the exact percentage, but it was, it was more than 75%, but I'm just going to play it safe. And he said, you know, 75% of the patients that I see can be cured with proper diet and exercise. Thank you for that hand clap back there. And I'm like, well, not me. You know, I, you know, I, something else is going on. But any, anyway, he said, I want you to cut out. He asked me what I, what I would drink. And I'd say, you know, sweet tea and coffee. And I mean, lots of it. He said, all right, cut out sweet teas. Cut out also, I mean, I used to drink Dr. Pepper too. He says, cut out all that. I want you to drink only water. Okay. And I knew I, was, I, was, I didn't like that because water's nasty, you know. But, but I started doing it. And I started trying to conform to this. And I'd drink water. And, oh, this is terrible. But the more I would drink it, the more I would drink it, the more I would drink it, the more that I began to acquire a taste for water. And now it's been six years. I have not had a Dr. Pepper in six years now. Yeah, woo! Celebrate that. <laughs> I actually crave water now. I mean, and plus, and this is, this is just added bonus, plus, by my family drinking water when we go out to eat, it saves us 8 to $9. Anyway, that's, that's, just the, that's just added bonus there, okay? But, but my point is this, is that even though I didn't like it, it was good for me to drink water. Even though it opposed my desire for Dr. Pepper and sweet tea, I had to conform to, to drink water. So I began to do it on a regular basis to, to now. It, it just, I don't even think about it. When the waiter comes around and says, what do you want to drink? I want water with lemon. Water with lemon. When we're at home, get water. Water, water, water. Water, 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 water. Water. I conform to that. I had to do some things and practice some habits to conform, to transform the way that I was thinking. And when people look at the truth and the Word of God, they say, man, that's hard. I just can't do that. 
Well, it's, it's, it doesn't come natural for us, we, but we have to set habits. We have to have daily disciplines. We have to make it a point and a priority to read the Word of God. Whether you like it or not, you've got to make it a point to read the Word of God. You've got to make it a point to pray. You've got to set daily disciplines to start doing these things until you begin to conform and you begin to transform to the life that God has for you. Let, let me give you some scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Most of you Bible readers know this. It says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be conformed to this, the belief system of this world. Don't buy into the, the lies of this world. Don't live like the world, but rather be transformed. That means to be changed. How do you become changed? By the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Regardless of whether or not you, you like what's in this book, you better be doing everything within your power to conform to this right here. Not be trying to twist it and manipulate it to fit what you believe is right and wrong, but you start formulating habits that are going to cause you to conform to the Word of God. Let me, let me share with you in closing this morning three things about knowing the truth. Three things about knowing the truth. Number one, knowing the truth is the key to freedom. Knowing the truth is the key to freedom. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. Look at this. And the truth shall make you free. Next slide. The truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. They answered to Him, this is, this is really quite humorous, they answered him, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Oh yeah? Well, it seems to me like there were several years that they spent in slavery. How can you say that you will be made free? Watch this. But Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. This is very, very interesting. Because Jesus is talking about freedom and then he's talking about slavery, but, but they're thinking that he's talking about physical slavery, but Jesus changes it and, and identifies what he's talking about. He said, no, you're not free because you're a slave to sin. He, he wasn't talking about a slave in the sense of, of, of physical bondage. He was talking about being enslaved to sin. And I just feel so confident when I say that this 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 morning that there are people that are in this room this morning that are enslaved to sin you become a slave to sin some people are consumed with pride i mean you're just full of pride there are people in this room this morning that are consumed with greed and envy and selfishness there are people in this room this morning that are consumed with lustful thoughts you're, you're, you're bound to to pornography, you're bound to some substance, you're, you're bound to nicotine. And I'm not here to say whether that's sin or not sin. I'm just here to say that, that you're being controlled by something. You're not free. You're not living the life that God has for you. You're in bondage to this. Sin has become your master to the point that you're unable to resist it. You find yourself giving in to this temptation over and over and over and over. Why? Because sin is controlling you. Sin has become your master. But I'm here to tell somebody this morning that by the power of Jesus Christ, you can overcome that sin. You can overcome it. You can experience freedom. But it requires, listen to me, it requires knowing the truth. And if you're always rejecting truth, 
If you're always ignoring truth, if you're always getting offended by the truth, you're never going to be free. Because being free requires knowing the truth. And then once you know the truth, you have to take what the truth is and you've got to confess and you've got to repent of where you've fallen short and receive forgiveness from Jesus so that He can empower you to overcome that which you are struggling with. In other words, you've got to make room for Jesus. Which brings me to the next point. Number two, knowing the truth is knowing Jesus. Knowing the truth is knowing Jesus. Once again, John 8, 32. He says, you shall know. I want you to mark that word know. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That word know there, it's a Greek word, gnosko. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. And it doesn't just mean know as in scripture memorization. It means to know intimately on a deep level. In other words, to have understanding. So it's not just, oh yeah, I know what the Bible says. It's about knowing, becoming inter- on, a, on a deep level. You have an intimate relationship. An intimacy with the word of truth, which is Jesus. John 1.14, the word became flesh. Who's that? That's Jesus. And he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The freedom that comes from knowing the truth is through deep, intimate knowing. It's that knowing that you find in the secret place. It's, it's the phrase that Jesus said, if you abide in me, and, I, and my words abide in you. In other words, if, if we have this intimate relationship. And I was thinking about that this morning when I, when I was going through this, and, and I, I'm going to just confess, okay? There are times when I'm doing my morning Bible reading that I am, I'm just, I'm just bored, I'm sleepy, I'm trying to read the Word, and I spend you know, 20, 30 minutes in it, and then I, I walk away from the table and I'm thinking, I have no clue what I even just read. Can anyone relate to that? And then your mind starts telling you, well, see, why don't you just sleep in another 20, you're not, 20 minutes? You're not getting anything out of this anyway, right? But, but as I was going over my notes this morning, I believe that it was God speaking to me and saying, you know what, Scott, you don't have to understand it. Just spend time with me. And so it really gave me a boost of confidence that, that even when I'm sitting, I'm reading the Bible and I spend 15 to 20 minutes and I walk away from that, even uh, Pastor Jerry, when I feel like that I didn't get anything out with it, out of it, you know what I did? I spent time with Jesus. <laughs> right? You know, there's times when my wife and I can be together and we're on a long distance road, a road trip and maybe we're talking a lot for a while and then we kind of run out of things to say and then we're just driving and you, you, you 15 or 20 minutes pass and you didn't even say anything. But you know what? We're spending time together. Right? Knowing the truth comes from knowing Jesus. And the more that we know the truth through the Word of God, the less confusion and deception has a chance to throw us off track. So this is how it works, guys. When I'm reading the Bible, even though I may not understand everything, even though I read it and I didn't really get anything out of it, that Word is now inside of me. David even said something along these lines. I will, I will hide your word in my heart. I'm going to put your word in here so I don't sin against you. And I believe that what that does is it fuels us. And as we're going through our day-to-day uh, uh, activities, the Spirit of God inside of us, the Spirit of truth, He's working in us, and He's keeping us from making choices that would lead us off track. He's guarding us. That's another thing. The truth will guard you from delusion and deception and confusion. 
Knowing the truth is knowing Jesus. Number three, last point. Knowing the truth begins with a choice. It begins with a choice. Before you can know the truth, you have to choose to know the truth. You have to choose to know it before you can know it. I know that sounds kind of contradicting, but even if someone told you the truth, in order for you to know the truth, you've got to choose to accept that as truth. Knowing the truth starts with a decision to want to know the truth. And when you choose to want to know the truth, you have to understand that there's a good chance that you're not going to want to hear what you're about to hear. You got to be okay with that. Right? Come on, even in the even in the common world, common world, don't ask me to be honest if you can't handle the truth. Do you really want to know? You got to make that choice. Do I really want to Are you really tired of, of struggling in your sin and temptation? Are, are you really ready to hear the truth? Because as you begin to hear the truth, there's going to be some things that are in opposition to what you're doing, and you're not going to like that. But do you want to be free? You want that freedom that comes with knowing Jesus? You have to choose to know the truth. We love the truth once again when it aligns with our preferences and it enlightens us, but somehow we seem to hate the truth when it opposes our preferences or it convicts us. But whether you like it or you don't like it, it's knowing the truth and applying the truth that is the key to your freedom. I, I don't feel like I can stress this point enough this morning. There are people that are in this room this morning and you're, you're in bondage. And many of you, you don't even recognize it because you just, you just believe this lie of the enemy. Who, by the way, is the father of lies. Cannot tell the truth because it's, it's not even in his nature to tell the truth. But you have bought into these lies and you're so blinded. You're, you're, you're putting the blame on other things. The mess that you're in, you're trying to pass the buck off to other people or other circumstances. Well, this is the happening and this is happening. And, no, no, no. You need to be open to the truth because you're never going to become free until you are exposed to the truth and you begin to, begin to know the truth. But it's your choice as to whether or not you want to know it. And even whether or not you choose to know it or not, it still exists. <laughs> and that's what you're going to be judged by. Many of you this morning are struggling. Some are struggling in your finances. Some are struggling with your attitude. Don't nudge anyone right now. You're struggling with your attitude. You're struggling with your temper. Some in this room are struggling in your marriage. Some are struggling with addiction. You need help. You need freedom. And I believe that God has put me in your path this morning to show you that there's a way out. You've gotten away from the truth. You've gotten away from your commitment with God. You've gotten away from prioritizing God, keeping Him first in all areas. You've been neglecting your prayer time. You've been neglecting your Bible reading. And as a result, your world is crumbling around you. Others of you this morning have neglected seeking truth for whatever reason. Because you're afraid that it's going to expose some of the things in your life that you need to repent of. You're comfortable with your life. You don't want to change. You don't want anyone telling you what's right and what's wrong. But listen to me this morning. You're going to be held accountable to the truth. Not a truth. Not your truth. Not my truth. 
but the truth. Once again, I ask you, can you handle the truth? What do you do with it? Do you resist it? Do you reject it? Do you ignore it? Do you take offense to it? Or you do your, do your best to submit to it and acknowledge this as truth? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. For, for the ones that are going to be getting baptized, I want you to go ahead and make your way out at this time and begin to change and then come back in and, and have your seat. I want to ask our, our worship team to come back up for just a moment. I don't want anyone looking around or or being irreverent in any way this morning. But I want you to really consider the words that I've given you this morning. Because I just, I just have this sense that there are people, even right now that as I'm speaking, you're trying to justify your wrong actions. Because in your mind, you don't believe that, that what you're doing is wrong. You think this is okay to do this. It's okay to do this. And man, you have bought into this huge lie and it is leading your life astray and even though right now you may not realize that the world around you is crumbling you may not see any areas of your ways you may think that everything is great in your life i'm here to tell you the bible says there's a way that seems right to a man but the end of that is destruction if you're here this morning and, and, and maybe you're playing games with God and you're not submitting to the church, you can come to church, you can throw money in the offering, you can raise your hands and worship, and you can look like you got it together. But man looks on the outer appearance. Man sees that, but God sees your heart. And regardless of what you have been believing over the last several years, regardless of, of what you're believing today, you're going to give an account to the truth, His truth. And if you're here this morning and you realize you've gotten away from the truth, you've gotten away from your commitment to God, you, you, you've wandered in your life, you need to make some decisions today. You need to acknowledge God. You need to repent of your sin. Confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. And allow that freedom that only comes from Him to begin to work in your heart. I'm going to ask our, our pastoral team to come to the front and just prepare to receive people and and they're going to sing. And, and I don't want you to be focused on the song this morning. I want you to be focused on, on them leading because they're really just up here to create an environment for us to worship and for us to get right with the Lord and, 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 and acknowledge where, where, we need, where we've fallen short, where we need to repent. So as we, as we sing and worship this morning, I, just, I want you to find a place to pray somewhere in this room. If you want to remain at your seat and do that, that's fine. If you want to come to the front for prayer, if you need to confess some things or if you need prayer over, over your finances, your marriage, your relationships, whatever, this is your opportunity to get that this morning. So let's, let's worship and acknowledge Jesus as our Lord this morning in song and then we'll move on to baptisms.